Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Morning, good morning, Lyle. Morning, morning, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. How are you? I am amazing this morning. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Games night. Ow! Was that last night or tonight? Last night. Ah, oh, did you win? No. Yeah, I got good. smashed <laughs> both times. <laughs> you poor softy. Games night, good friends, good company, just uh, good food. Yeah, I had a good really everything. good night last night too. Just chatting with my housemates, yeah, sorting just... out my housemates' loves lives. <laughs> oh, you got it all. You got them all sorted. Yeah, we got a couple of potentials for Tom. Tom. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good, 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 There's good. no reason why he should be single. He's no? adorable, sweet little guy. He's got so many women around him. He should just snap one up. Absolutely. All right, so. give us a call here. one 800 is the number to call. Oh, man, I hope Tom Tom's not listening today. <laughs> I'm about to die. <laughs> oh, no, nah, he is a, uh, he's a, he's a solid guy. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's got he's them baby value. blues. Yep. He can grow a beard. Yep. yep. No, he's good, good, good value right it's there. Not Tom Highly recommended. Chicks love that stuff. <laughs> What, you what did you say? <laughs> what are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? That's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for uh, games night and good oh, friends that's, and good sorry, food. Yeah, you're right. good, uh, I thought that's why you yeah. were amazing. You didn't say that's why you were grateful. Oh, I'm amazingly grateful for those things. <laughs> okay, okay. What are you grateful for? I'm really grateful for Sophie. Sophie of High Swan Dive. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Okay, so High Swan Dive is a really cool plant shop in Newcastle in the city. Oh, okay. It's actually where like, all your plant pot, your pot plants in your house come from that shop. That's where your wife bought them. She took me there one time. That's how I know about it. Oh. Um, but we made friends with the proprietor, Sophie, who owns it. Oh, she's your rescue doctor for um, yes, right, your stuff. Yes, right, exactly. And do you know, how, you know how last week I was telling you how I accidentally bought that plant online? Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so that's been like steadily dying. And, uh, and <laughs> I thought I'd just give it a chance. I literally rocked up. At, at High Swan Dive at the plant shop with another plant that I bought from somewhere else and was like, ah, oh, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> and bless her heart, she's like, of course I'll look after it until it's, you know, back on its feet and put down roots. And so she's my foster foster plant mum. And I, I, I'm so That's, no, Okay, so she definitely deserves a big yeah, shout out. Yeah, huge. Actually, I'm, I'm crocheting her a blanket to say thanks. The thing you see me working on the last few days, Yep, that's a thank you blanket. Okay. Because I owe, I owe her a big one. Yeah, yeah. Great show coming up for you today. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for The Breakfast Show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. But there in my life where I was comfortable enough to cling Onto the pain that pulled me down Thought it was giving me security But I had to reason with myself Telling me that's not the way life works Cause we weren't built to carry weight like that But when times get rough Your feet get heavy And you can't get yourself back where you were I want you to Listen to everyone All of the lies that I was 
opened up my foolish eyes so I could see and believe my words. Cause we weren't built to carry weight like that. But when times get rough and your feet get heavy and you can't get yourself back where you were, I want you to know all you need. back guys um we are about to have our first quiz for the day yes indeed. we were just listening to with ashray with love here on faith fm what's our uh, what's our first clue for the quiz there mon well so what creature in my quiz and the first clue is this tobiah the ammonite criticized the work the jews had done rebuilding the wall he said if this creature climbed on it he would break down their wall of stone Ooh. yeah Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number, 1-800-324-843. Or you can text 0491 with your guesses. Uh, of course, correct answer win a prize. Lyle already knows the answer. He's written down the correct one. i got some stories coming up about creatures as well, but not this particular creature. Okay, okay. Some cool creature stories coming up. As long as you don't accidentally say the word. Critter stories for the day. I won't accidentally say the, the word because it is not... Uh, one of the critters? One of the critters I'm going to talk about. Okay. I'm really excited. I love a good critter story. Yeah. Good yeah. critters coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. blow your mind. I have a really cool story, Lyle. Mm. And uh, coming from... Uh, Kenya and Israel. Okay. Regarding sport. Both those countries? All right. Yep. And Darren Pratt. Yes, you are correct. Darren Pratt just messaged me. You get bragging rights, Darren Pratt. But not a prize. <laughs> but not a prize. Because <laughs> you're Darren Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're on your way, Darren. Yeah. Oh, it's our interview for today. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, okay, okay. So here's here's the deal, right? So at the moment, the sporting world, I mean, this is, oh, this is something that really annoys me, but there's so much nonsense coming out of the sporting world at the moment. And I think one of the things that really disappoints me about this, you know, with the whole drug cheating and all that kind of stuff, is that... Uh, 
you kind of think to yourself, come on, humanity. Like, sport is essentially just entertainment. We can't even, like, keep that clean. Like, it's really not that important. And we still want to cheat in that realm. Like, it's not like it's a life or death situation. It's just a game. It's not like you're stealing bread to stay alive. It's just a game and and you're cheating it. Like... It, it, and it and, and what's the point? How do you actually get any enjoyment from winning a game where you cheated? Exactly, exactly. I mean, what's the what is the what's the where's the satisfaction in that? Uh-huh. I mean, seriously, come on. Yeah, I, there's so much nonsense coming out of the sporting realm, but this is something that's really cool. You know what lacrosse is, right? Yes. Okay, so the um, women's lacrosse. Uh, it's the national sport of Canada. Oh, serious? It's yeah. not ice hockey. I thought it was bear hunting, but <laughs> <laughs> someone corrected me. I think you're about to have some angry Canadians call you in there. Oh, actually, do you know what? Probably not. Canadians are really nice. <laughs> Why would they be angry? <laughs> it's just, you know, isn't that what they do I in Canada? I think would be like, that's racist. In Canada? <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> I'm just going to keep going morning. before we get slain. Um, okay, so this is really beautiful. The, the, I've just I've just been to Kenya earlier this year and they do have issues with shoes. So a lot of people in Kenya don't have shoes or their shoes barely fit or they're falling apart. They've got holes everywhere. Um, and this just recently happened. The Israeli women's lacrosse team uh, noticed that their opponents on the Kenyan team uh, were playing at a disadvantage because they didn't have the correct kind of shoes. So uh, the sporting shoes that you need to play lacrosse are called cleats. Um, which I think several sports use cleats. Um, but the Israeli team actually beat Kenya 13-4 to uh, during their match at the Women's Lacrosse World Championships in Ontario in Canada. And uh, they were happy to have won, but they knew that they had had an advantage because the Kenyans just didn't have the proper shoes. They were playing with like, you know, uh, regular sneakers. Some of them had like sl- slide-on sort of flip-floppy kind of things. Um, and, you know, throughout the throughout the championship, the two teams – had happened to form pretty solid friendships with each other, uh, both on and off the field. And, uh, and so the Israeli players asked their parents for help um, to buy proper footwear for their new international friends, which is just so sweet. Um, so they had some help from t- tournament officials to find out like the correct shoe sizes. And then um, the Israeli girls had met up with the Kenyan team the day after their match and gifted every single one of them a brand new pair of cleats. Ah, uh, isn't that nice? This is so sweet. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, so, yeah. such a kind gesture. Absolutely. And uh, there's so many videos and messages that popped out uh, you know, on Twitter and social media about this, just these two team, two diff- opposing teams hugging each other, you know, jumping around for joy. Because I mean, come on, for one thing, they're girls, they've got new shoes. <laughs> it's always going to be a good, good time then. Um, but yeah, just the resulting joy, um, you know, that... An advantage, an unfairly advantaged team would reach down and help up a disadvantaged team and put them on the same playing field. And it absolutely 100% made a difference because um, now that they had even footing, uh, the Kenyan lacrosse team went on to beat Belgium 16-9. to <laughs> Since <laughs> when do people the- not in Canada play lacrosse? No, this is the World Championships are happening there. They, they, they played l- lacrosse in Kenya. Yeah, I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, I have never, ever seen a game of lacrosse. I've seen one or two. I don't even know how it's played. I've sort of got a vague idea. You have these um, things you carry around with a net on the end of it and yeah, throw balls at each other. Yeah, it's like hockey but with a net and you have to like toss the ball around to each other. And I think the concept it's is very much like, the same. You, get the, you have to get the ball and stick it somewhere specifically and that being a goal in this case. Yep. It's either a goal or a hoop. Or I know it was, it was, it's, it's cool because it was, in my understanding, it was invented by uh, – it was, it was a game that was played by uh, Native Americans long before Europeans arrived. 
Oh, serious? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> du- double check that. <laughs> I'll you're double check. I, I will. Fa- I've played lacrosse a couple of times in private. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. WA. Really? In in Australia, I've never seen. Yeah, lacrosse. yeah. If you're a, a lacrosse player, Look, give us a call a, and tell us all the history of it and all about it. We would love to hear from you. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. As a as a as a um, as a child in primary school, it wasn't that much fun because the hand to eye coordination is extreme. Because like it's not just a, a net; it's a net on the end of a stick, and then it's a small bowl, and then you're running, and then you have to throw things and catch things. And like when you're that age, it's a bit difficult. Like you can maybe manage to like catch a basketball or a soccer ball, but catching things in tiny nets on the end of sticks is pretty difficult. And hardly anyone played it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it comes from 1100 AD, played by Native Ooh. American communities. There you, you go. Aren't you clever? I had no oh. idea. I would have been like, that's French for sure. La Creuse. <laughs> the, 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 uh, I don't have anything here on the etymology, but there, there you go. I had no idea. Lyle, you're a very clever fella. Um, but yeah, some of the, some of the, uh, Kenyan tweets that came out of it were like, a brilliant win, brilliant win today on the slippery surface thanks to Israel lacrosse and our new cleats. Um, the support from all around for African queens is priceless and hugely humbling. Uh, the attention on and off the pitch for these players is more than all the nations competing combined, and rightly so. Um, thank you for your humbling and selfless donations. A few Kenyan awards for tomorrow. It's just, just so sweet. I wish I'm going to show you the pictures later, but they're just like so sweet. These two the different coloured teams, they're all coming together and doing like big hugs and across the uh, across the lacroche. Lacroche, <laughs> sorry, lacrosse pitch. Or, or we need to have field. more of this kind of stories coming out. Yeah, of sport. exactly. Another, another little quick story. Uh, this one coming from um, Georgia in America, where a, a fellow called Grant Riviera. He's a school superintendent, and uh, every th- he's been t- he was told that every three years, um, on, based on his performance review, uh, if he had a satisfactory review, he would receive a bonus. And um, and he got the bonus this year. He received uh, $10,000. was his first ever bonus, $10,000 bonus. Um, and instead of pocketing that or going on a holiday, do you know what he did? He mm. used his entire, the whole thing, his first ever bonus to pay for students' app- college applications. Oh, really? Yeah. He just put it straight back into the kids. Like that's, that's a guy wow. who's in the right job. You're not wrong. Yeah. Like if, if you're that passionate about this, the future of your, of your students that you're willing to give up a $10,000 bonus. Yeah. And he's just a school superintendent. This is like a, this is like a regular guy, regular Joe. He's not like a billionaire. He's just a school superintendent. And he's like, do you know what? I'm so passionate about you kids bettering yourselves and making something out of your future that I'm willing to pay for your college application fees because they can be staggeringly high in America. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's like, he just used the whole thing to pay for all his students' college. Oh, this guy deserves a medal. Mm-hmm. This guy should get that. That What's that big medal thing that people get? Nobel Peace Prize. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nobel uh, Education Prize, maybe. For, yeah, is there for one humanity, for education? whatever it is. Yeah, I'm sure there is. There's like just one being for every a generally category. good human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could win Australian of the Year if he was Australian. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, 500 high schoolers in the graduating class, um, he's paid for all of them. Uh, he was he was trying to encourage more of them to apply, but some of them were saying that they just actually couldn't afford to uh, to to do the application itself because it can be several hundred dollars. Um and he said, if there's any money left over after if students have finished their applications, the funds will be used to finance college bus tours in, uh, in Georgia. So basically packing up the students, taking them to the universities and showing them what they could be doing, where they could be going and basically inspiring them in a big way. And that was huge for me when I was in year 11, when I was 16 years old, I went on a college tour. I went to university and I remember being very inspired by that. So it actually does work. 
um, you know, and, and, you know, and if, if you had some sort of an interest in some sort of a department, um, they would let you go and speak to department heads and the department head would like give you a little tour of that faculty. Um, so yeah, this is, this is great. This, more people need to be passionate about their work to the extent where they're willing to do this. So yeah, kudos to, um, Grant Riviera. Good guy. Uh, we're now going to have Jaden Lavick with Take My Life. And after uh, that, we'll be back with Wild Current News and then Darren Pratt's in the studio. Woo. And let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow and cease this praise. Take my hand and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and
Braden Levick with Take My Life here on Faith FM. Let's get another clue for this quiz. What critter am I? What critter is this, Mon? Jesus said Herod was this kind of animal. Oh, mm. who did Herod get likened to? to? Mm. I could think of a few different animals that uh, I, I could liken Herod to. I didn't know that Jesus did this, actually. Hmm? You go. Yeah, find that out. You probably did it. know, but you'd forgotten. Yeah. It's you would have read it at some point. Oh, I'm sure I would have read it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can't do that f- story yet. So I'm going to do this story. I did just say I was going to do a, a, a critter story. How tall are you, Mon? 173 centimetres. Ooh. They just found the bones of a penguin that is basically your height. Are you serious? I am dead serious. That's huge. I'm quite tall. 60, 160 centimetres. Dude, that's like eight, thirteen centimeters difference. No, it's not. That's still pretty tall. That's, that's not For that a much difference. Yeah, yeah, that's up that's to your huge. eyes. That's your eye height. Yeah, that's high. That's a, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. That's a big penguin. That's, that's a, a big, big, fella. big, 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 what big, big penguin. Wait, so it's just the bones? They didn't find an actual. No, they only found the bones. They didn't find an actual penguin. This penguin must is... have been like eating kelp and some sort of organic plant matter or something. Okay, so this was in the uh, South Island of New Zealand. They've, had it, they've found a bit of oh. uh, interesting megafauna in the South Island of New Zealand. I so love studying it. surprise me. Like, yeah. the, like the, that New Zealand would be like where there's bones of mega flora and fauna. Well, here's the thing megafauna and megaflora exists worldwide. So here in Australia, we had uh, we had wombats that were the size of hippopotamuses. Did we really? We did. Oh man, that the would have been so cute! Can you imagine a huge furry hippo <laughs> with a big black button nose? Oh, that's so cute! Uh, we had kangaroos that were of enormous size, and basically anywhere you go in the world, you're going to find everything in the past was on a much bigger and grander scale than what it is now, which is evidence that you know evolution is actually going the wrong direction. Um, yeah, that's true. Everything has been devolving rather than evolving, <laughs> evolving. Um, into smaller things. But some of the other other uh, interesting creatures that they found down in New Zealand was a parrot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was one meter tall. Whoa! Uh, they had the Haast eagle, which had a three meter wingspan. Imagine seeing that. That would have been huge. Three they had the, Back in the day, they had crocodiles that were 60 feet long. They had dragonflies with a one-meter wingspan. Snails that were a foot long. Ew. You know, this was... Where did it all go so wrong? It all went so wrong because of sin and because God destroyed the world during the flood. Mm-hmm. I've been talking a bit about that with uh, Dr. John Ashton here um, on a semi-regular basis. But uh, they've been studying the Otago region of New Zealand on the South Island and they have found that it was once a freshwater lake with a climate similar to North Queensland. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, with lush forests filled with fruiting trees, casuarinas, palms, uh, cycads, um, and the whole area was just absolutely teeming with bird life. It sounds like paradise, doesn't it? Does. It does. I mean, New Zealand lovely. is already paradise. Yeah, because there's no snakes. But... <laughs> But, I'll ignore that statement, but if you then give New Zealand the climate of North Queensland uh-huh. and, wow. you know, fill it with the most amazing rainforests mm-hmm. and palm trees, you know, my question is how did New Zealand ever have a climate like North Queensland? You know, I mean, it's a long way south when you get down there on the South Island. Yeah, that's true. This was a very different world that existed before the flood. And, you know, when it sounds like paradise, the simple reality is... It was. It was. 
The world before the flood was paradise and everything has been going downhill since then. And we have simply, we started off with a lot of animals at creation and extinctions have been taking place ever since. Left, right and center. Just Left, ruining right center. ecosystems. Everything's getting smaller, more stunted. Um, shorter lifespans. Shorter yeah. lifespans. You know, when the Bible talks about giants that existed before the flood, we would expect that. We would expect that if you've got megafauna, you would also have mega human beings. Yeah, yeah. How um, here in the Hunter Valley, of course, you know, your big coal seams laid down, down by vegetation, you know, at least a thousand feet thick and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, some, uh, um, some mega fauna and flora. I've got to say, I can't wait news. to get to heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You imagine you imagine a penguin, penguin waddling, oh, waddling up and looking you in the eye. It'd be so cool. I mean, I guess if I'm I think you're a solving a big well, wombat though, aren't you? Yeah, the, the, I'd, I'd love to just run around on him. Like, <laughs> like run around a, on a big blanket or something. Um, but can you? I but I, I tend to think that if I'm in heaven with a giant wombat, that I'll be a giant as well. So he'll probably still be proximate to me, like. Yeah, that's possibly so. The yeah. Bible says that we will grow up in heaven. Oh, cool. I was just going to say, I really hope there's like a phase of time where we're still really tiny, but all the animals are huge, and then we sort of like slowly start to grow. <laughs> the like, Bible oh, does say that. The Bible says we will grow up for a while. like calves of the stool. Mm, like it. Okay, so let's go on then. Uh, where's Darren? I need Darren in here for this next news segment, but he's avoiding me for some reason. Okay, so uh, Rabbi Nokum Shapiro. Um, the president of the Rab- Rabbinical uh, Council of Australia um, has come out very strongly amongst other religious leaders to ask for the um, new legislation changing the laws here in New South Wales in relationship to abortion to be shelved for six months. Uh, he has pointed out that it won't make a practical difference to what is already taking place because abortions already take place, but by leaving the laws within the criminal code, it does indicate that we actually value human life yeah and that by moving them from the criminal code um that it you know sends a message that we don't have a value on human life he also went on to point out and this was an interesting one that allowing parents to take the life of their child for no reason because they don't actually have to list a reason under the new legislation um is you know very devaluing for um for human life and as a result of that welcome darren Darren's just walked into the studio, so uh, good to have Darren here. We're going to be interviewing Darren in just a moment, but I've got something to surprise him with you. I think I'm, here. I think I'm going to surprise Darren in just a moment. But yeah, he highlighted, you know, how you know one case in particular where a family left a baby unattended for seven days. The baby died of starvation because the uh, parents, the father and the mother, were distracted playing computer games. Are you serious? I am dead serious. That's uh, computer game addiction on another level there, I where they, they actually let the, oh, of course, oh yeah, um, actually let their baby starve to death um, because they were distracted by computer games. But uh, Darren, I don't know. And D- Darren's sort of sitting here with his mouth open at the moment. But um, <laughs> just <okay>. in shock. <laughs> Did you know you're famous today? What am I famous for today? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Hold this, hold this. I'm going to get this right now. I have no idea he's talking about either. You are in this morning's paper. Where? How? <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> what have I done? All right. <laughs> have I done something I bad or good? What haven't you done? <laughs> this is the Newcastle Herald, Voice of the Hunter. And I turn to page 12, and I'll pass this over to you, and you can tell me. 
Have a look at that right there, Pisa. I have underlined right there. Big major article, page 12. Head to the Newcastle Herald if you're anywhere in the local area. Oh, and wow. You have Darren Pratt being quoted as an expert on all things in relationship to children. And in this case, the story is about being fubbed. Fubbed? Fubbed. Well, the dip they're talking about. The dip. The dip. Oh, absolutely, the dip. But being fubbed is when you get snubbed by someone using their phone. Like yes. Phone so it's snub. a new term. Yeah, phone Pub. snub. Phone snub. So you're, you're in a room full of people and you're having a conversation and midway through the sentence someone pulls out their phone and starts answering. It a happens oh, all annoying. the time. Yeah. It, it's just it, it's something you need to really be aware of because I'm now aware of it when I travel and you see so many people doing it. It, uh-huh, it just uh-huh. happens in restaurants, um, in the car, um, even at home. When you're talking to your wife or your husband, it's... It happens. It does. It does. And uh, we need to be very, very aware of being fubbed and fub it out of our life. Do you know what I've noticed though about fubbing is that older generations seem to hate it more. Like I've, I've watched this happen where you're talking to uh, two other people. One of them's a younger person, one of them's an older person. And the younger person pulls out their phone and you can see the look on the older person's face. They just feel so like... Like, am I no longer important to this conversation? Did the conversation just end? Should I leave? And they, and you can see that they're like upset about it. But when you have two young people talking and they whip out their phones, they're like, no, it's just normal. They know that the other person's like listening. Like, Fubbing has become normal. Anyway, um, Darren, we've got uh, a little bit of time left. Just tell us about the dip because this article uh, really does focus on the dip, the dopamine dip. It's a very um, it's a book I've just read actually, and I um actually sent her a um response, and that's why I guess it's in there. Um, ah, there you go. I didn't realize it was published, but here yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, published. Um, a small little book you can order it online. Just Google the dip by Dr. Danielle Einstein, and um, she's a Australian psychologist lecturing Sydney Uni, um, Macquarie Uni, um, and she has so many families coming to her practice who are obsessed, I guess, or overcome. Um, by screen addiction and the dip is all about what happens when you get dopamine hits from the the tweets and from the likes and from um, people liking you online and so you actually get addicted to those dips like a dopamine hit now dopamine's good okay so at the moment i'm selling a whole bunch of junk on facebook yeah. And so my messages are coming through, you know, message, 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 and each message is a potential dollars. And so I get a dopamine hit every time a good message comes through. Yeah. And then and I get a dopamine dip every time a bad yeah. message comes and through. So and so you start dip, looking for more. The yeah, dip very drives me to hits. Yes. Yeah. Every yes. morning I come in it here and It sounds like drugs, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. don't yeah. It, is. <laughs> it is. It is. It's absolutely drugs. But now this was... book is an ideal book for your family to help you recognize this and get yourself... In Control. Okay, name of the book very quickly and author. The Dip by Dr. Daniel Einstein. Get your copy today. We're going to listen to Home Free. This is How Great Thou Art.
universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. When through the world and forest glades I And see the brook And feel the gentle breeze Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul Savior God to And take me home. What joy shall fill my joy heart? Shall fill my heart. Then I, I shall, shall bow in humble adoration, and then proclaim, My God, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to I was home free with How Great Thou Art. Mon, give us another clue for our quiz. What creature am I? The lover in Solomon's Song of Songs said that this animal ruined vineyards. Ooh. Maybe this animal had a taste yes. for grapes. There's a few critters uh, mentioned in Song of Solomon. Yeah, well, which one? And when you said Song of Solomon, I was starting to get slightly worried there for a moment. Why? Well, I couldn't remember what this animal was related to, but... <laughs> Give us a call if you know the answer. This was, a safe one. this was a safe one for radio. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. And if you're wondering what uh, we are talking about, of course, Song of Solomon is in the Bible, is an entire book 
of the Bible, which is basically erotica. It is. Yeah. I'm, it is. I have no idea what Lyle's on about with the animal thing, but yeah, give us a call if you know the answer. <laughs> no, well, there's, there's lots of animals that are mentioned, you know, in a very beautiful way. It, it's uh, love poems. It's, it's love, love poems. poems. So why would you be poems. worried? But you know what? Don't explain to me because I'm a nice girl and I don't want to know the answer. Give me a call if you know the answer to the quiz, not the answer to Lyle's gestures, in, injunctions. Well, I can't even think right now. one 800 Faith fm Darren, welcome to the show. Yes, um, good to so, be, always so, good to be on Faith FM. And so, good, so, so glad we could surprise you this morning as I was uh, just flicking through the newspaper and your name jumped out. I was like... Wow, there you go. How does it feel? Our one and only Darren Pratt. published in the newspaper. It's just like shock. I, I wonder if it's bad or good first off. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, Darren. There is no such thing as bad publicity. There is just publicity. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, it's surprised. a really good book. So I'm, I'm, glad I say I'm glad they look talking about that book. Good. I'm surprised I don't have to like tell you they're publishing your words. Well, I guess I gave Dr. Danielle said, can I use your book review on my website? I said, sure. Oh, okay, right. But I didn't realize I was going to uh-huh. Newcastle Herald, but I guess by giving up permission, you are opening okay. yourself up yep. to anywhere. Sure. So, yes. Oh, I'm, yes. Glad, I'm glad that you did give it a... Yeah, this same. is a really, important, uh, a really important book and a really important subject. And speaking about books and important subjects, you've just published or co-published your own book. Yes, out this week on is- electronic devices so far. <laughs> I'm talking about electronic devices, but on Kindle. Yes. Um, coming out in paperback very soon. Did you know there's a trend away from Kindle to paperback, by the way? People are going retro, and bookstores are flourishing and reopening yep. because people are going away from their devices back to the book. Yep. I knew really? it. I knew yes. we would get there. You can't, you can't. That is so good to hear. Books are so awesome. I am awesome. so pleased to hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Books are the best. I mean, you go to bed on a rainy, cold, miserable night and snuggle up in the blankets with a good book. Your yeah. screen doesn't quite do it. It's not the same. <laughs> I've got to confess, I've got a Kindle at the beginning this year and I still haven't used it once. Yeah, well, well don't use it. No. Um, <laughs> don't use it. Stick to the books. Buy paper. I'm, well, the reason I haven't used it is because I'm refusing to use start, start reading my Kindle books until I finish reading my one last real book. And I'm down to like the last 10 pages and it's just dragging. <laughs> it's just dragging. It's taking me months just to do 10 pages. Well, what I do now is I use Kindle for shopping. So oh. if I see a new book out, I'll go to Kindle, have a quick look. Oh, yes, I like that. I'll go buy it. Well, I'm interested so, in Kindle as a traveling uh, device. Oh, yeah. There you go. Anyway, we're off topic. Tell us all oh, about wait. your book that yes. you have just published and released on Kindle this week. Yes. Very cool. The Very new cool. book is um, written um, in conjunction with the wonderful American Sarah McDougall. You've interviewed her before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. we know Sarah. Yeah. So she's a, a strong advocate against um, abuse and domestic violence and all sorts of things around that in the United States and runs her own business around that. And she said, let's get together on this one. And she knows what I do. And, and let's co-author um, the book about the myths, blowing the you myths. You couldn't have got a better co-author for uh, for this subject. Okay, the myths of which, sorry? Um, it's the myths, um, I'm going to get the front covering, what's it called? It's called The Perpetrators We Trust, um, basically. Okay. Um, and the idea is, in our churches, the perpetrators are there, we don't even realise it, and often we ignore it, and often we don't see the signs. And so, mm-hmm. And also the myths stop us from seeing the signs and believing them. So this blows those myths out of the water. What do you mean when you say there's myths about perpetrators? Well, things like, it won't happen to our church. Oh. Our church is safe. We're a family here. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know each other. We've all known each other forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that, the idea that um, often we... Blame the victim rather than the perpetrator. The perpetrator is often a very important person. People often has a position of power. 
and the idea is that um yeah the victim does not and is very messy so often we would rather believe the perpetrator than believe the victim and so it's, it talks about that and how that occurs um the idea of things like matthew 18 which is meant to go and forgive your brother um doesn't kick in when it comes to this sort of thing because jesus has a higher yeah, 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 authority yeah, yeah. on that one uh-huh. um he took millstones talked about with jesus with those sorts of people so um so this was uh 37 myths or something or other, yeah, 37 I myths 37 myths wow about uh yeah i didn't know there were so many i believe it's a must read for every church for every pastor for every leader every member really to make you aware of what what could be happening the thing is as i traveled um, and trained in churches, not just our denomination but others, um, for six years, I discovered that um, every church has their stories, whether historical or current. Mm-hmm. And the other problem is it takes um, somewhere around about 20 years um, for a man to talk about his abuse. That's why when you look at the Royal Commission and with the George Pearl case, um, you had men... <clears throat> coming out and talking 40 years after the abuse occurred. Mm, mm, and um, that's very normal when it comes to um, this sort of thing. And that's a tragedy. But also with women at 7 to 14 years, they talk about their abuse. So um, the abuse sitting in our pews or, or um, more likely wander away and we don't even realise what's occurred to them. What frightens me is the level of ignorance that I find even in our general community. And so I'm part of a, uh, a community organisation that um, <clears throat> that does you know charitable work once a yep. week. And a lot of the volunteers were having a conversation about, you know, one of them had just had a friend, a um, guy that he'd known pretty much his whole life and was like really upstanding, decent guy, and he'd just gone down for 37 counts of abuse yep. and just absolutely gobsmacked by it. Didn't even see it. But also, uh, there was also another conversation that, that went on around the whole concept of um, uh, statutes of limitations. And the community that the community of people, there was a general consensus amongst them that you know we should have much stronger statutes of limitations here because it's really unfair when somebody comes forward 20 years down the track. And I'm thinking to myself... You know, because I was the only one in that group of people who's done any training on this kind of yep. um, issue with, with, you know, they've all got their working with children's check, but that doesn't give them any training or knowledge of... Or any protection. Ha- or any protection <laughs> of how this actually takes place. And I'm thinking, how are we going to educate our general community, our general population that, you know, statutes of limitations, you know, that you've got a six-year statute of limitations or something or other on, uh, on a child sex abuse case... You're never going to catch anyone because those kids aren't going to come forward until long yep. after all that's happened because of the level of trauma that they've gone through and the way that they just bottle it all up. It and just exemplifies a complete lack of understanding on the part of those who made that legislation as to how abuse and trauma and with the aftermath, how that actually works. It just it just it clearly didn't get it. Well, legislation's only just starting to catch up now. I mean, Western Australia's changed theirs to um to remove this limitation to statutes, um, statute limitations, um. Other um, states are now talking about it out of the Royal Commission. The Royal Commission was really an eye-opener. Um, Such an important Royal and Commission. And I think it was... So a, glad we had that. Yeah, it was like a, um, a moment where the tipping point occurred where we were able to now start to realise that the victims are out there and that we want to listen to their story. Mm-hmm. For the first time, victims feel like they can tell their story, um, whereas up till now, often it's hidden... We don't even know about it. And, and of course, we're starting to see some legislative changes now. For instance, what's happening in Victoria? We mentioned this yesterday. Yes, um, with the um, confessional and the idea that if a, a priest has a someone confess to them about being a perpetrator, um, 
or been abused, then that needs to be reported. Absolutely, and, um, and they're liable if they don't report. And that that is good. I know them. The, the Catholics. I'm a bit worried about this because um, they believe it removes the um, the privacy around that. But um, I think that in this day and age, we need to stand up for our children and stand up for the abused. Mm, yeah, and and this is not a um, this is not a uh, you know a biblical command by God anywhere. It's a tradition that the Catholic Church has held for many years, and as such, it's something that they have freedom to change. That's I'm, right. I'm also concerned that the Catholics, like if you, you know, now this is coming, that they'll be like, oh, it's safe now, we're cool, and they'll be lulled into a false sense of security. I still think, as Lyle says. The confessional box is like the ultimate grooming device. And even if legislation has been passed that makes mandatory reporting um, include priests, I still don't think it's going to be a safe place. Because, you know, just because it's a law doesn't mean take, they're going to keep kids, it. Take your kids to God. Yeah. Teach them to confess it. to that's, God. That's right. The yeah. Bible says you can speak straight to God. Like yeah. Just teach your kids about the Bible, mm, what the Bible mm, says there. Mm, mm. But we're sidetracked from your book again, uh, Darren. So um, 37 myths. Can you tell us a couple of a couple more of these myths that are floating around? What are some of the most dangerous myths that we face within our church communities? Well, well um, things like... Um, the idea that, um, well, the thing about grooming, first of all, is that predators don't groom the victim initially. They groom the community. So the idea is that they will prepare a safe place for them, which is an unsafe place for the kids or, or um, whatever, whoever else they're abusing, so they can abuse. So they'll be your best friend and they will, they'll create situations so that they, they will make you believe that they are could do no wrong. So, um, yeah, you've got to realise that the Does grooming this- that occurs is... is the community first, then the victim after that when it's safe. Does to this abuse. mean then we, when we're part of a church community or something like that, we can't afford to have close friends because we don't know whether we're being groomed or not? How do we actually protect ourselves from that? I think just being aware of what grooming is. Um, if you see someone that's um, giving children special gifts or playing tickles with them, um, handling them for whatever reason, without any good reason, um, yeah, spending time alone with that child and they give good excuses why they're doing that. So they often will give you an excuse, oh, I'm just taking them home, whatever else. Um, you've got to have some um, protocols in place like never be alone with a child, ever. That's my protocol. I'll yeah, never yeah, yeah. find yep. myself alone yep. um, with a child. Yep. If I've got to talk to a child, I'll do it in a public place. So these people will cross boundaries to test boundaries and, and will just see if anybody oh, calls them on it. So if someone says, hang on, you can't take a child alone, um, and calls them on it, they know it's not a safe place to abuse. So they'll test communities to see if um, communities are aware and educated, and if they are, they'll move on to the next community. So being educated and getting your community educated one of the best ways to stop abuse. How long will they hang around and uh, and try and test that community before they move on? Oh, sometimes for years. Right. Um, a, a groomer will groom for years before they actually groom, um, abuse a victim. Um and and the story after story of that coming through, um, so so being aware of that, also um, we need to believe the victim. The the big myth is that we always say the victim's lying. That's the very common number one. Is oh the victim's lying? Couldn't possibly be. Yeah. He's, you know, too good of a person. Yeah, and you look at the Cardinal Pell case, which is still ongoing for the appeal, but. Um, Look at that. Both both um, victims, they say, oh, they lied. Um, that couldn't possibly happen. That, that, that they're lying. That they're making it up. Um, so the common myth is that people make the stuff up, which they don't. Probably 1% would be what you'd call made up, and often there's a very good reason why that's occurred. And you sort of wonder why would what would motivate a person to mm. actually make something up like this? You know, oh, I was, you know... Abused because really it's going to to um, 
is 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 not going to be something that's going to. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's going to be traumatic either which way yeah. around, yeah, which way right. you look at it. That's right. So yeah, one percent often very quickly when the police start investigating those cases fall over. Right. Um, but yeah, um, if a child says they've been abused, and then often there's something going on, and and we need to believe what they're saying and not not to turn them away. Incredibly hard to prosecute somebody for abuse when uh, the the, the uh, perpetrator is is very smart about it. Um, and, and yeah, it's a he said, she said, or or, or what. Yeah. And um, from a legal perspective, you can't do anything with the he said, she said. Well, often they want corroborating evidence, and with abuse, you can't get corroborating evidence. That's the problem with the um, Pell case is there was no corroborating evidence. The other victim had died, suicided, which again often occurs, um, unfortunately. And the remaining victims very brave in coming forward and sticking to their story. And and yeah, it's it's very brave to see this right through. Yeah, so. particularly in that case, I mean, because uh, the other victim has just been absolutely slammed by, you know, certain portions of the population that yeah. are very supportive of, you know, Pell, and you can understand why, because obviously he did do a lot of good things in his life. He wouldn't have been in that job if he wasn't doing a lot of good That's things. Right. He's done some awesome things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but it's yeah. the thing is, these perpetrators do awesome things, but... Behind closed doors, they do not so awesome things, really bad things, and that's the issue. It's a Jekyll and Hyde type of um scenario, often with these perpetrators. So, mm. um, you need to be aware, be educated, buy the book. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right. So, how do we how do we get a hold of it, there, Darren? Yep. Um, moments on Kindle, both in America and Australia, on Australian Kindle. Um, Miss We Believe, Predators We Trust by um, Sarah McDougall and Darren Pratt, and Thirty Seven Things You Don't Want to Know But You Should Know. This is an incredibly important book. Yeah, every, if you have kids, every if you work church, with kids, if you're in a community yeah. that has kids in it, everyone needs to read this. Everyone in a church needs to read this. Mm-hmm. Every parent needs to read this and everybody who's involved with a any kind of community that involves kids. So every teacher, every parent of kids, you know, this is a really, really important book, Darren. I hope that uh, people just start downloading it right now. Uh, jump onto Kindle there. And, uh, and and grab a copy of Darren Pratt and Sarah McDougall's book. We're going to move on. This is uh, Jars of Clay with If I Stand. There's more that rises in the morning than the sun And more that shines in the night than just the moon There's more than just this fire here that keeps me a shelter that is larger than this room And there's a loyalty that's deeper than mere sentiment And a music higher than the songs that I can sing Stuff of earth competes for the allegiance I owe only to the giver of all good things So if I stand, let me stand on the promise You'll pull me through And if I can't let me fall on the grace That first brought me to you So if I sing, let me sing For the joy that is born in me these songs And if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for this home There's more that dances on the prairies than the wind And more that pulses in the ocean than the tide 
There's a love that's fiercer than the love between friends More gentle than a mother's when her baby's at her side And there's a loyalty that's deeper than mere sentiments And a music higher than the songs that I can sing The stuff of earth competes for the allegiance I don't want it to give of all good things so if I stand, let me stand on the promise that you'll pull me through. And if I can't, let me fall on the grace that first brought me to you. And if I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in me these songs. If I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. So if I stand, let me stand on the promise you'll pull me through. And if I can't, let me fall on the grace that first brought me to you. If I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in me these songs. But if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. But if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience? A rewarding career? Great employment prospects? When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education, designed for life. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise And to know the saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him How I proved him o'er and o'er Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. I'm so glad I've learned to trust Thee, precious Jesus, Savior. 
Oh, for grace to trust Him.